Hey, everybody. This is Kyler Bingham with Salt Lake Dirt and KPCR 92.9 FM. We are covering Sundance. Uh, we also did Slam Dance. Saw some incredible films. Uh, and really, I've been focusing on the short films for a few years now. And uh, one caught my eye a couple years ago, Training Wheels. Um, Allison Rich was the writer-director star of that, and I, I loved that film. So when I saw that she had another film up at Sundance, I was really excited. I had to see it. Pathological is that film. And uh, once again, it's hysterical. It's great. Um, I loved it. Allison, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Kyler. This is a thrill. Absolutely. Well, tell us, so you just got back from Sundance, you're, you're home now. Tell us about your experience up there, because we before we were recording, we were just talking about how when you were there last time, it was part of the virtual uh, yeah. festival. So it was, you know, you, you didn't get to really, um, I think they did the best they could with what they had, and it was great right. for what it was. But now being there in person, tell me about your experience up there. Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, it's overwhelming. There are many ways you can spend your time. I met people who all I did was see films and other people are more focused on the networking of it all and going to panels. So at times I was a bit overwhelmed about how I was supposed to spend my time, but mostly it was just delightful. I got to be there for three of my films, five screenings. And, you know, I'm part of a block um, with other, uh, you know, six or seven other filmmakers. And that was cool because I feel like um, I got to know that group and for each screening, I would rewatch all the films and appreciated new things each time. And then I also got to see a couple of amazing features and then also do some of the panel networking stuff. So it was a very um, memorable and phenomenal experience. Yeah, no, I totally agree with being, you know, I go up there most years and, and just feeling it's awesome, but it's overwhelming. And, and, how like to try to you plan it but then you also want to leave some room where you kind of let let some stuff happen but there's just so much going on and it's yeah. it's exhausting mm -hmm. uh it, it's really it's really tiring but um but so much fun so tell us about the film i think um immediately i you had me laughing with this oh, one be, no. because because uh we all have a coworker <laughs> who kind of <laughs> um is this pathological you know, well, tell us about the film. I don't want to give anything away, but you had me laughing like from the very beginning and I just thought it was wonderful. I'm so glad. And that was something I also felt at Sundance where, you know, to me, it feels like the beginning of the film is a bit of a slow burn, but the audience seemed to get it right away. So that was really um, encouraging. But basically the film is called Path Pathological and it's a dark comedy about a woman who's a pathological liar and she wakes up one day and her lies have become true. So yeah, it's um, just a fun, dark comedy that I um, was inspired to make after reading this fascinating New York Times article about a year ago about a guy who had ruined his life with pathological lying. And two things appealed to me. The first was that the lies were just honestly funny. You know, these aren't, <laughs> these people are not telling like subtle, small embellishments. They are taking huge swings you know, he lied about climbing Mount Everest. He lied about having an affair with Kourtney Kardashian. He lied to his <laughs> wife about that, even though he wasn't even having an affair. You know, so I thought the lies were um, funny. And But the bigger thing was that these psychologists weighed in in the article because there was this question of whether this sort of compulsive lying is a mental illness. And I don't have a take either way on that. But 
um, as I did more investigating, it seems that the genesis for a lot of these liars is that they consider themselves to be really boring. And mm. if they were just honest about their lives, they wouldn't get any attention. They wouldn't have friendships or, you know, colleagues or anything like that. So I thought that was really relatable because even though most of us are not pathological liars, I think we all feel not enough. And so I thought this could be a really fun way to explore a relatable idea. Yeah. Like it made me, I think really what, what hit me was there, there's a scene in it where, um, the, the main character is out for drinks with a coworker and the coworker is kind of opening up and saying like, did you ever feel when you were a kid that you were like special or you're, you're, you're going to do something special kind of like, and I think a lot of people, including myself, when you're, when you're young, just because maybe we're self-centered more so <laughs> when, when we're kids, I don't know, but it's like, Oh, I'm special. I'm going to rise to this, whatever. And then ultimately, even if you, you know, I've talked to a lot of people on this show and some of the people I find the most interesting, they'll tell me that their, their lives are very boring. Right. And, and it's so kind of to kind of like peel back that layer and just have that honesty. So it's like the film's hilarious, but it really do, does hit on uh, a, a very, you know, uh, emotionally captivating part of what is being human. So um, I don't know. Talk to me about that. Just like the, so you mentioned that these pathological liars feel uh, ultimately that they're, they're boring and that they need to um, impress others, which usually has the opposite effect totally. on their audience. So yeah. I think I just thought it was interesting uh, with this character. Uh, you know, I've heard other people say this when they were young, they felt like, I'm, I'm special. Um, and then I'm going to go on to things. And then, and even if their life is like pretty cool, they still feel like we all feel like we're, we're falling short just a little bit or a lot of us do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I am so glad that that scene resonated with you. Um, you know, it was interesting seeing how that was received at the festival, but yeah, I mean, I think I certainly am guilty of this, that I grew up motivated by this idea that by the time I'm an adult, I'm going to be famous and so successful and really visible because it almost felt like, well, if I'm not, what is the point? The idea of just like growing up and being not noticed or doing the things that everybody else does felt disappointing to me. Um, and I think being someone who's pursued, you know, work in film and a lot of my peers have a similar drive, whether that's good or bad. And, you know, I'm in my mid thirties now. And there's this moment in the film where the character said, where that co coworker says she turned 36 and how at that moment she sort of felt like, oh, maybe I'll just be regular. And when that moment happened in the screenings, I could feel that some audience members like 36, like that's not that old, or, <laughs> you know, and I'm not trying to say that. I just think sure. that starts to be the point in your life where it's harder to hold on to this notion of like, I'm really going to be something, whether you are, or you're not, but like you've been at adulthood long enough that you're like, well, what if I just end up being middle of the road, you know? Um, and ultimately the film wants to say, that's okay. Like, <laughs> we don't, you know, um, but I think that we now in particular live in a time where um, if you're not, flashy if you don't have something to post about or um because so much of our lives 
I'm, I'm writing a feature version of this now. Mm. And the character, you see examples of her lying, not only on her social media, but like in her LinkedIn and her dating profile. You have a lot of opportunities to have to like sum ourselves up, you know, in a digital form. And I think that makes you want to um, embellish. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it made me think like, too, like if you get what you want, it's not it, it, nothing is ever what you think it's going to be, you know, and that can be that can be an amazing thing. But I think it, it's a really um, important thing to to think about, because, like, for example, we were at a party, me and a couple of friends were at this like fancy party that we probably had no business being in at Sundance. And there was a very, very famous musician there. And. It was, a, it was a pretty small party. So he was like, clearly like he stood out and you just noticed people were very, very respectful and cool and not really going up to him much, but you could tell like the energy was like focused in on him. Like people yeah. kept looking yeah. over, like he was very uh, scrutinized, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and from a distance. So everyone in that room, you know, from the, every, the corners, people at the bar, people eating, people like they're in conversation, but they're ultimately looking over. Um, at this very famous person. And it made me have some empathy for him. And maybe he's so used to it now that it's not a big deal, but that would make me very uncomfortable if that was me. I thought about that, how weird that must be to live like that every day. But uh, yeah, so just a, not really a question, just a <laughs> observation at Sundance that I, I thought like a lot of people, that we, a lot of people strive for this or they think they want this. But the reality of it, aside from maybe the money and and some adoration, like a lot of it seems kind of ugly and 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 icky and uncomfortable to be with to live with on a on a consistent basis. Totally, and it's ironic um, that the person who maybe you know at face value has this thing we all seek is probably lonely because of it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, oh, for sure. That's something that I put in the film where when she finally has the drinks with the coworker, it's almost her specialness um, makes it harder for the coworker to relate to her, you know? Um, So I think, yeah, it's, it's our society, you know, valuing the wrong things and selling us these like lies that, you know, you get this shiny stuff and everyone will love you and your problems will be solved. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited that you're, you're, um, planning a feature of this. I yeah. was going to, I was going to ask you that. So, uh, so is this kind of like a proof of concept that you were bringing to the festivals to give people an idea of what, what is to come and, you know, hopefully let's, get, let's get this thing made. I'm super excited. Yeah, that- oh, I know. I would love <laughs> any, um, enthusiasm for it. Yeah. I mean, I set out to make a proof of concept and I applied to the festival, but tried to be very Zen about, I don't need them to, take it out, obviously would love it if they did, but really, you know, the goal was I want a movie made of this. Whereas my previous short from two years ago really wanted to just be a short. It was a story that I felt like could be told in that amount of time. Um, And then it was just like glorious icing on the cake that Sundance, you know, found a spot for it this go around. Um, So yeah, I'm, you know, and there's obviously lots of, um, examples in the past of sh- of shorts at the festival that have gone on to be features. Um, so hopefully, you know, um, I'm able to, I'm in the middle of the script right now. I've got confidence that it'll be good, but there's, there's work to do. So beyond that, then it'll just be like, if someone wants to give us some, some cash to make it. Yeah. 
Well, I love it. I think I'm, I'm, ex- I really want this to get made. I thought, I, I thought it was great. L- mm-hmm. Let me, let me ask you, um, I, I'm just always interested when people wear so many hats, like, you, you know, writer, director, you you star in it and I'm sure a million other things behind the scenes kind of things, producer, um, talk to me about juggling all those roles and being able to, um, I don't know if you have to like separate yourself a bit when you're doing different things, but I, I suppose mostly I'm I'm, in, I'm interested in the direct directing and acting component of it. Yeah. When you when you're on set and you're the director, but you're also the the lead character, how yeah. are you able to pull that off so well? Well, I appreciate you saying that because a lot of times I feel like I'm like <laughs> a little bit failing at both. Um, it's hard. And, you know, it's funny. I found it harder this time than the previous time with training wheels. I think that's because um, I've grown in my filmmaking knowledge. So there are more adventurous things I want to do visually that I'm like, oh, I'm not behind the camera to see if we pulled it off. Um, and also I felt like the training wealth character was more me. So it was like a little bit easier to snap into that character, but, um, I love both. It's still such a treat and I'm working on improving my process. Like I think about in making the feature, what could I do to, um, troubleshoot the challenges of that? But, um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a thrill and a great like conundrum. Um, but I think the biggest thing is you know, your mindset is kind of split. Like when you're acting, you really don't want to be self-conscious. You just want to be in the moment. But being the director as well requires a more global view. So that's tough. But um, I think because, you know, these projects are so from me, I'm able to navigate it. But, you know, it's not without its issues. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, as as like an audience member, uh, you know, it... It all, it all worked. I mean, it just was a, a real pleasure to watch the film. Um, I wanted to ask you, yeah, I wanted to ask you, I, th- I feel like I saw you on social media not too long ago, like f- you were doing some kind of training, like you're fighting. Uh, you were doing something like you, there were, there was like, you're doing flips, you were doing something. I, I was doing gymnastics <laughs> for some months. I've fallen off of it, but I hope to get back to it. Um, But yeah, that's, that would have been what that was. Okay. Just for like, just for the fun of it for like, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Yes, it's something I got into during the pandemic. Cause I was just looking for a hobby, you know, that was removed from my work. And, um, you know, I, I think as an 11 year old, I wanted to do that sort of stuff, but never did. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, well, you know, what else do you do that, that kind of helps you, uh, maintain your sanity like hobbies or or you know books you like to read like shows movies you know i don't know hiking animals i'm just always interested too in what people they you know in addition to the the love of um whatever art they're producing maybe some other things that kind of help round out their life and make them happy yeah i mean it's nothing i'm sure you haven't heard before but um you know, I lean on the relationships in my life. I have a great partner and um, I'm really close with my family. So, you know, times that I get stressed, I'll call family and friends and, you know, bitch them on the phone for 20 minutes. And I find that quite cathartic. And then beyond that, you know, I try to get outside and go on walks because my life is still pretty isolated since the pandemic. It's a lot of like 
you know, me in my apartment typing away at my computer. So, you know, I feel this need to like get out first thing in the morning and go on a walk or take a walk during lunch or, and get some sunshine. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love podcasts. I like to listen to a lot of nonfiction stuff right now. I'm listening to this podcast founders. That's about all of these. Um, the host does deep dives on different people. He calls founders. I think he comes from a tech background. So started with like the Jeff Bezos but like, I just listened to an episode he did on Oprah or he'll do one on like Coco Chanel or Anna Wintour. Um, and it's just more about these mavens who, you know, through their boldness and belief in themselves have these crazy lives. And I find, you know, listening to people's biographies inspiring. So yeah. stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so where can people follow you online? So you have social media. I mean, I just, I really want people to be aware of the film and, you know, maybe they can see it in, in other festivals and, and, and just kind of be aware of it and, you know, get the word out about it. I mean, I don't know how, um, how, if you're doing crowdfunding or you just funding, funding, uh, <laughs> I just think the more people aware of it, the better, you know, especially that it was at Sundance. I think it's, it's really great if as many people can hear about the film and hear about your work to be, you know, you never know. I so appreciate that. Yeah. Um, my main form of social media is Instagram. So you can follow me. My handles at Allison rich one, two, three, Allison is spelled A L I S O N. And then we're not doing any crowdfunding now. I think, you know, I have to focus on just writing, getting the script written. And then after that, I'll try to attach some producers and stuff like that. But hey, you know, at this point, my focus is just getting this movie made. And I, I'm open to all sorts of paths forward. So maybe in a year, you'll see a crowdfunding campaign. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think um, once we release the film publicly, which will probably be in a couple months after its festival run, you know, I think people just commenting on the film, whether I put it on Vimeo or YouTube, commenting like, we love this, we need to see a movie, that stuff can always help. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But hey, if anybody is a rich uncle and wants to <laughs> contribute millions of dollars to this, or even tens of dollars, <laughs> hit me up uh, in my Instagram DMs. <laughs> I will, I will gladly take um, funding. I love it. Well, for all our Silicon Valley listeners, like pay yeah. attention, pay attention to this. Exactly. Uh, Allison, thank you so much for for taking the time. Um, I'm a big fan, so it was, it's great to connect. And uh, again, I love the film. I'm so excited that you got to experience Sundance in person. And there's nothing quite like it. And um, anything we can do to help promote the film, uh, please feel free to, to let me know. And um, we're definitely behind you on this one. Thank you so much. No, this interview has already, you know, been um, such a treat. So I really appreciate it. Um, thanks, Kyler. Yeah, thank you. 